Dutch politics. It's about being honest. Well, you know, I think it is your good friends who have to tell you the truth now and then. It's about being ambitious. I'm pro-refugee, I'm pro-European, and that's the way I think the left uh, have to go. And it's about being confident. Almost half of the Dutch population agrees with me, whether you like it or not. And that's what makes it fascinating. Welcome to the Poldercast, the Dutch politics podcast. These are unique times. Just like the rest of the world, the Netherlands has been hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. And in the middle of this pandemic, the Dutch will go cast their votes to elect a parliament and a new government. The rules of the game seem simple. In a parliament with 150 seats, one needs a majority of 76 to form a government. But the Dutch are politically fragmented. The entire country is one single voting district that consists of 13 million eligible voters. This has resulted in a parliament with 15 different parties. And this has made the game of Dutch politics far from easy. Coming to you from the political hearts of the Netherlands and of the European Union, this series will cover all of the Dutch political stories you need to know in the run-up to the Dutch parliamentary elections of the 17th of March 2021. I am Eugène Achterhoff, political nerd and calling in from The Hague to bring you the latest updates of the politics of the Netherlands. And I'm Kasper Bruzewitz, uh, Dutchman abroad, uh, certified EU bubble kid, and normally coming to you from Brussels, but today coming for you from the Dutch countryside where I'm in COVID exile. Um, happy to be here. So, Kasper, first episode. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I mean, this is this is great. Like, we're going to pretend like this is the first one we're recording, but I am definitely. <laughs> no, of course, this is like definitely <laughs> the fifth time I've said this. Yeah. Like, hey, we're first definitely. Episode. Oh, but this. we're definitely. But but you know, for the sake of it, this is the first one, the first time we ever touch a microphone, and I'm definitely you know I'm buzzing. So, Casper, a podcast on Dutch politics. Where do we start? Like, what what should we do in this first episode? So I think for today, what we need to do is we need to just go over some of the basic essentials to understanding Dutch politics, um, just the ground rules so that people understand where we're coming from. Um, I also think we need to look, uh, just have a quick glance at the polls, um, where we are in the run up to the elections. And I think based on those, I think we can already start to make some predictions of, of where we think uh, we might be headed after the March election. Are we confident enough to do that? I think we're definitely confident enough. Whether we'll be right <laughs> is a different question. I I think this might be an episode that uh, in a couple of weeks we might look back at this and be like, ooh, we were quite far off. That's a risk we're going to have to take. <laughs> okay, let's dive into it then. All right, let's go. Quick side note, just after we recorded this episode, the Dutch government resigned after the publication of a report on what has become known as the child welfare fraud scandal. This leaves the Netherlands with the same parties running the country in caretaker government just two months before the elections. If you want to find out more about that, check out our segment, Introducing the Poltercast. Now, on with the show. Casper, how are we going to do this? It's difficult to start, like, I, I keep thinking, and, uh, you know, we've been running um, back and forth over this uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks, couple of months, and it's like, I keep asking myself the question is, 
if I were to listen to a podcast talking about the politics of Estonia, where would that, where would I need to begin there? Where would I, where would that need to start for me to be able to understand and really get like, right, now I understand what you guys are doing. Now I understand what the issues are. Now I understand what's up for grabs and, and who could become the next leader of Estonia. I don't know. I, I at the moment, don't actually. No, I get what you're leader. saying. Like, If, if you want to um, get a better understanding of what is going on in uh, any country that's not yours, yeah, where do you start? And what I've been looking at a lot over the last months uh, is how do Dutch media explain Dutch politics to the Dutch? Right. Um, and... Did you get anything useful out of that? Or <laughs> uh, many things, yes. And with a lot of things, I was also like, hmm, I don't know, because you know, for us, we are two. We both of us are Dutch, um, and I feel that we grew up in this system, so we are familiar with it. But I've been talking to a lot of, well, to a lot of non-Dutch people, uh, but also to a lot of Dutch people, and asked them, what is it that you find hard to understand about Dutch politics? And I think it comes down to this, like. Dutch politics in itself, or at least the rules of the game, are not that complicated. I think, in fact, they are quite easy. You know, we have two chambers, out of which the parliament, the second chamber, is the most important one, uh, and which is also the one where the Dutch will go vote for in March 2021. Uh, 150 seats. If you get one seat, you're in. So Easy as that. Yeah, so all you need is a majority of 76 seats, and you, you can rule the country. But ironically, it's it's these set of easy rules. It has allowed the Dutch voters to make it very complicated, because the Dutch traditionally has have been very very much fragmented when it comes to politics, and that has led to a, a ruling cabinet of four parties, a parliament that right now consists of fifteen parties, and I've I've looked it up. Mm-hmm. Eighty eighty nine parties have registered for the upcoming elections, all hoping to enter the parliament. Right. So I really hope we don't have to cover all 89 at some point. But um, <laughs> Well, yeah. let's face it. Half of them, sadly, half of them won't make it to the ballot. No, exactly. Thank thank God for us, right? That's, that's, uh, that's a relief. All right. So the main takeaway here is that the Netherlands is a country ruled by coalitions and parties will always have to negotiate with smaller parties, but also parties that are directly opposed to them to come to a governable situation. So, and that, I think, is the main um, basic understanding principle of, of, of Dutch politics that you now need to have. So what's next? Yeah. First, who is in charge right now? So we have a coalition of four parties, the two liberal parties. Uh, which is the center-right VVD of Prime Minister Mark Rutte, the Liberal Democrats, D66, which stands for Democrat 66, joined by two Christian parties, uh, relatively conservative parties, actually. Um, the Christian Democratic Appeal, which is Christian Democrats, and the Christian Union, which is a smaller Christian party. Um, together, I think it's a very interesting combination to have to have the liberal parties forming a coalition with the two conservative ones. Oh yeah, I mean they often say that a good consensus is a situation in which no one is happy. If that's the case then this is probably a, a good <laughs> a good consensus, right? Because the um the liberal parties are are slightly too liberal for the Christians to be very comfortable whereas the Christians put a brakes on whenever the other two want to 
run too far ahead and get a little bit too uh too liberal so um uh, i said i said um uh conservative but i guess the better word is uh confessional it's confessional it's... yeah yeah no absolutely i think that's the term for um but this will be familiar to to everyone um at least european listeners because i think most european countries will have recognizable similar parties where you've got like the cdu uh in germany um which are just the big center-right more or less uh, christian, christian parties, parties. Christian, I, I would say with a small letter C, not with a capital C anymore. And as um, prime minister right now, because we work with a system where you have a prime minister and not a president, we have prime minister Mark Rutte standing strong for 10 years now. Yes. It's, Why? He's doing well, right? I mean, he seems indestructible. And I think that is something that is quite interesting for for foreign listeners to see as well because i mean if you've seen any euro summits over the last 10 years during the financial crisis uh during the migrant crisis all these big you know big ticket global summits it's been this guy and um often yeah when when people from a presidential from a country with a presidential system look at this country they probably think that margaret is the only sort of prominent politician in this country and in fact i feel that when i talk to non-dutch speakers or um or expats in this country it's always i feel it's always two politicians that they know it's mark rutte so our prime minister and it's geert wilders the and then they refer to him as yeah that guy on the right wing you yeah. know the dutch trump the guy um, the guy with the weird hair which is i think <laughs> a trademark of any he has a trademark blonde hair um but yeah, he, I think he is, together with Mark Rutte, uh, by far our most famous politicians. Do you know anyone else that foreigners could possibly know? I think there's one, and I, I, I think that ties back in directly to the European level of things, and that would be um, the ah. current uh, Commission Vice President and Mr. Green Deal, Frans Timmermans. I would say that he is, on a global stage, I would say you've hit the trifecta with the three of them. Because I would say he is, um, especially if you've ever, if you ever just even briefly looked into European politics, he stands out big. Right. So that still brings the total to uh, three famous politicians. Um, but we are still the country of 15 parties and uh, 89 registered parties for the upcoming elections. And let's uh, run quickly through the polls um, for the upcoming elections and see how these parties are doing. And um, I'd like to warn you, Dutch politics is about abbreviations. So I'll try to make it as clear uh, as possible when, when I describe these parties. But And we're going to get to them, right? We're going to get in, in, in next, in coming things, we're going to be covering all of these a little bit more in depth. So if you're now you know, falling, falling off the back of your chair um, with all of these acronyms, don't be, don't be scared. Well, it'll be fine. Yeah. So I think that the major ones that you need to know uh, for now, or the major trends, trends in the political polls. Um, first of all, I'm looking at the polls of our national news uh, network, which uh, is bringing up this, like they're merging all of the, uh, all of the separate, like all of the different po polling. Um, Offices that yeah. we have for polling bureaus. They're, they're, they're like a weighed polling. compilation or composite, I think, of of the main reliable polling, national and international, right? I yeah. think, or yeah, yeah. So, I think the main thing you need to take out of this is that the VVD, the Liberal Party of Prime Minister Mark Rutte, um, 
as of the 20th of December 2020, is leading by a landslide. They're right now, they're estimated on 42 seats, which for Dutch politics is a lot. Uh, that w- That is nine seats more than uh, the last elections of uh, 2017. The PVV, the Party for Freedom of Geert Wilders with his trademark haircuts, right now is on 22 seats as the second biggest party, which uh, means an increase of two seats compared to the last elections. Uh, Christian Democratic Appeal, the Christian coalition, one of the Christian coalition partners, uh, is on 18 seats, meaning they're on minus one. Uh, Democrats 66, Liberal Democrats of the coalition, uh, right now is estimated on to lose seven seats, um, dropping to 12. That, that's a that lot. Is, that is all. That's harsh. For a coalition yeah. party, yeah. Um, green left, the Green Party, minus two, also brings them to 12. Uh, the Socialist Party on minus four, bringing them to 10. The Labour Party, the PVDA, uh, historic big party in the Netherlands, but it has, has not been one of the big players for over the last four years, is on plus five, gaining five seats to 14 seats. Christian Union, one of the other coalition partners, is gaining one seat, bringing them to six. Party for the Animals uh, will remain at five seats. 50 plus will lose three seats, will go to one. Dutch Reform Party will stay at three seats. Uh, Denk uh, will lose two seats, will go to one seat. And Forum for Democracy will gain two seats, bring them to four. Oh, that's, that's a, a lot bunch that's a bunch like we we said right we said in in advance there's got to be a lot of these and there's going to be a lot of acronyms although you avoided most of them i think i think you managed to uh i did to, yeah to translate it uh quite well um is there anything that sticks out to you yeah um one of the things obviously being that d66 um as one of the only coalition partners down in the polls um it's not good for them other than the Labour Party game. Yeah, no, that's true. No, absolutely. Although um, historically they were one of the bigger ones. So I always feel like anything they get back is sort of regaining lost territory. So until they get back to real real numbers, I'm, I'm not impressed, let's, let's say. And seeing that the Socialist Party is losing four seats, them gaining five, you can sort of pinpoint where they getting these voters from oh yeah it's not a big mystery of where where suddenly these voters came from i think i think that's that's more of a realignment rather than any meaningful transition also i think interesting uh i think it's very interesting to see what's happening on the right wing as well the pvv freedom party gaining two seats but also forum for democracy on the 20th of december still at uh plus two going to four seats yeah there's definitely a lot happening there and i think it's inevitable that we will have to dig into that at some point in the series. Yeah, totally. Um, but for now, let's let's have a look at the party that's leading in the polls, uh, the VVD of Prime Minister Mark Rutte. Um, I think it's remarkable that in times of a crisis, it's, it's always one party and usually the party that is uh, in the government that seems to be able to benefit uh, from this rally around the flag phenomenon. And uh, here you can clearly see that the VVD is benefiting from it because... The pandemic has, um, in a way, offered them the chance to show that they can deliver ministers who can carry this responsibility uh, to guide the country through this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the rally 
around the flag effect, uh, which you see in most other countries. Although in many countries it has seemed to have abated as the crisis drags on and there's people more critical of the government. But here that doesn't seem to case. And I think it's not just the rally around the flag. I think there is something almost quintessential about the VVD's appeal in the Netherlands. So I think for, I would say that if people want to understand Dutch politics, they have to try and understand um, what the VVD's appeal is. And I think one of our missions, I would say, is trying to help people understand why they're quite this popular, um, which sometimes surprises me. I have to be, I have to be honest on this point, but um, it's true. Yeah, so I think the main appeal of the VVD is perhaps uh, Prime Minister Mark Rutte. I would say so. Maybe not exclusively, but I think that's the case. I mean, there's a reason he's been Prime Minister for 10 years. Um, because like, it, it's hard, as we mentioned earlier, in a coalition system, uh, even for the VVD, which has been the biggest party, to put their stamp on uh, on the government for for a period of four years. Yeah, they've they've also had to give away quite a lot, and yet there is this enduring popularity of them almost being the default option. And I think they have been clever about it as well, where um, they have shifted over time by taking positions that maybe belong to other parties or they're more well known for, and then suddenly they are now VVD ideas. Yeah, but still, why is it only the VVD that seems to be benefiting from this rally around the flag uh, phenomenon? And why isn't the opposition able to effectively criticize the VVD or um, more specifically uh, Mark Rutte? It, it seems to be the enduring mystery of, of Dutch politics. Because they, they say about him as well, in Dutch politics, he's referred to as, as Teflon. I don't know if that's the English word for it, but criticism just seems to slide off him. Um, and you can't ever pin him down. He laughs a lot. He, he laughs a lot as well. And he, he seems genuinely a likable guy, which might appear appear odd for a foreign audience. But, I mean, he, he seems relatable and approachable and, and generally a steady hand at things. So even if people dislike him, they're like, well, at least he, he, he keeps the show running. He's, um, yeah, he's capable. Thoroughly capable. Well, he might still be able to keep running the show for the coming four years with the same coalition that he has been having for the past four years. Uh, because if we look at the polls, we can already predict that there's only three realistic coalitions that can be formed based on the polls that we have right now. So if, if nothing spectacular happens, no big political landslides, there's only three possible outcomes. And one of them is the current coalition that we had for the past four years. So uh, the Christian Democratic Appeal, the VVD of Prime Minister Mark Rutte, uh, Christian Union and D66 together um, are estimated to gain 78 seats. So... That's cutting it close, because, I mean, just to remind everyone, 76 is what you need. So there's not a lot of margin of error there. Like, you need to get that if you want to do the same thing for another four years. True, but that would still be a larger uh, margin than they have right now. Um, but also on a side note, ideally, a government would also have a majority in the first chamber, so the lower house. Uh, but seeing that the lower house elections are usually two years after the parliamentary elections of uh, March uh, 2021 this year. Um, I think we should focus on the 76 margin, uh, the 76 bar. So if you get 76 seats, you are ready to start forming a government. 
So if we have a look at the traditional coalitions that we have seen in this country, then quite often we see the Christian Democratic Appeal in one of these coalitions. And the reason for that is that they are sort of in the middle between the biggest party on the right wing, so that's the center-right liberal party, VVD, and the biggest party on the left wing, which is the Labour Party, PVDA. So it's a Christian Democratic Appeal that's quite often needed Uh, as a sort of glue to glue the left and the right wing together. And a party that the Christian Democratic Appeal often prefers to be in a coalition with is the center-right VVD, uh, and then often joined by a smaller party, be it on the left uh, wing of the Christian Democratic Appeal or even on the right wing of the Christian Democratic Appeal. And if we look at the possibility of a right-wing coalition, so the Christian Democratic Appeal together with the VVD and the PVV, that will add up to 82 seats. Uh, so that will make a majority. But I think, Casper, we both know that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No, that's 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 a lie. Because I think one of the truths, uh, one of the truths of Dutch politics, right, is... It doesn't matter really where the BVV is because no one wants to be in government with them. So that's not going to happen. Because this is a uh, formula they've tried. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago, there was a government of the VVD and the Christian Democratic Appeal with uh, the support of the PVV, which was a weird construction where the PVV didn't, uh, weren't, actively joining the government it's so the coalition but they were offering their support on uh, a lot of topics so still a coalition agreement could be made yeah which is again just the most dutch thing i think um to do where it's not an official coalition they're not actually in it but they condone it they 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 say we're we're fine with it so we're not going to be in government but we'll we'll just agree just to support this vehicle but yeah i don't think they're going to try that again no because that was also Oh, that was a disastrous. I think the Christian Democratic Appeal looks back at that uh, being quite ashamed. Uh, it's the a whole troll, way they it's had, a troll, they had this massive party uh, um, uh, gathering um, where they had to vote whether they wanted whether they wanted to join this coalition. It was a mess, and I think it it really harmed uh, the Christian Democratic Appeal. It really did. It really did. So I I think there's not a lot of things we can be sure about, but. Well, there's actually quite quite a few things we can already be sure about, but that's definitely one of them. CDA is not going to do that again, I don't think. Which uh, rules out the PVV, because I've looked at the other um, possibilities on the right, and that will only be, well, the only way to get a majority on the right wing is to have center-right VVD, right-wing PVV, and then Christian Democratic Appeal. So that already rules out the PVV. Yeah. So, so what are we left with then? What What are the other things we can do? Um, the other traditional formula that they try is uh, the CDA trying it with the left wing. Um, left so wing that will flavor. be the PVDA, um, the the Labour Party, and it's not going to look good uh, because I've added on a lot on the left wing. I've added on uh, the Green Left. Uh, I've added uh, I've added the Socialist Party and. Um, D66, the Liberal Democrats, and that still only leaves them with 66 seats. So that's not enough to get to that 70 no. bar. Even with so many Dutch political parties there are, there, you, there's, you're not going to be able to manage to string enough on 
to to get there i don't think no um another possible coalition would be the so-called purple coalition that has in particular been dominating the second half of the 1990s in the netherlands um so that will be a coalition without the christian democratic appeal uh and would be formed by the Liberal Party VVD, the Liberal Democratic, uh, the Liberal Democrats D66, and the Labour Party PVDA, and that is what we call a purple cabinet. Just as a side note, I was going to say it's I I I like it. It's 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 so such a Dutch thing to color code your coalitions, like you just have the different flavors, and you've got you know we'll just call them purple, which I think green yeah, green D sixty six, but you yeah. got you know uh, PVDA reds obviously, and then you got VVD liberal blue, yeah, liberal blue, yeah, because their color is their, yeah. their color is orange, so I don't know how that makes yeah, but, but to, <laughs> to purple, but. No, exactly. Well, the liberal, internationally liberal is, I think, is, is blue. So that's where that comes from. But, but I like it because I think they, they also, they do it in Germany, I know, and they do it in Belgium. But, um, maybe one of our listeners will, will, will write in that there's a bunch of more countries where they do this. But I, I think it's a funny phenomenon where we, we, we refer to them as that. Um, but yeah, purple is one of the, I think, one of the the more well known ones, right? Yeah, but uh, I can already, uh, we can already take that out of the of the possibilities because they only have sixty eight seats. Um, right. Okay. So purple. no purple. Um, but another possibility is the so called purple plus coalition, which right. is purple. So that is VVD, PVDA, D sixty six, and then joined by green lefts, uh, and that will uh, make up for eighty seats. That that's, is a possibility. I, that's 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 definitely a possibility. Um, and yes, I did look at other possibilities, but to be fair, that's going to be more than five or six parties in a coalition, and I don't see that happening. No, even the Netherlands has its limits. I think. I think even for us, five or six parties in a government is is a lot. And yeah, well, I, I mean, I do think that the small parties matter in the Netherlands. You've seen that with the Christian Union, yeah. which is a relatively small party that has been uh, part of the coalition uh, for the past four years and are growing now as well. Um, but I do think that perhaps apart from the Christian Union, most of the smaller parties in the opposition tend to also be focused on on uh, very specific issues so i wouldn't label them all as one issue parties but they are g- definitely going to be harder um to it's going to be harder to let them join your club yeah and it's going to be just just adding a whole bunch of more personalities and priorities on top of it right um the more parties you add the more people are going to be concerned about how they come across what their priorities are it just gets messy true so Casper, did we just solve, like, did we just spoil the entire elections? Because uh, Mark Rutte is going to win. Um, and looking at it, looking at the polls, yeah, there's, there's only going to be two possible outcomes. That's going to be either the current co- coalition is going to continue, uh, which is VVD, CDA, D66, and the Christian Union, or it's going to be Purple Plus, VVD, PVDA, D66, and Green Left. Right, so podcast over, I guess this is, (laughs) we've done our job.
That's it. I also like the idea of anyone who comes away with this and they're at a a dinner party or something or just just at the bar when that's possible again. And you know, if you just want to sound smart and knowledgeable about Dutch politics, you can just dive into a conversation and think, I think I think it's gonna be purple plus. Just just those words. That's all you're gonna need. That's it. Um So um this doesn't bring us to the end of our series, but it does bring us to the end of uh, of this episode. Um, to sum up, Dutch politics is all about forming coalitions. And in order to form a government, coalitions of four or even more parties uh, may be needed to get to the magical number of 76 seats in parliament, making it hard for one single party to uh, push for their political agenda in, in such a coalition. And of course, there's still a lot of things that can happen. Uh, a lot of major political developments, um, as current affairs have shown us, um, with the fall of the third Rutte cabinet. Um, but for now, the VVD is still leading in the polls by a landslide. And we are excited to see what political developments we will get to see in the coming weeks and um, what bold ideas and proposals all of the parties will put in their party programs to uh, to draw voters. So next week, we will discuss the question, to what extent does the Netherlands still live up to its stereotype of being a liberal paradise? If you'd like to ask us any questions or give us any recommendations on topics to discuss, um, we would love to hear from you. And you can reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or just by sending us an email. All of these can be found in our show notes. Also, if you'd like to stay up to date on the series, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast listening platform. Having said that, I would like to thank you for listening to the very first episode of the Poldercast, the Dutch Politics Podcast. See you next week. Until next time.